Welcome to No Challenges Remaining, episode 300. At long last, Courtney Nguyen is here. I'm Ben Rothenberg. I'm here too. Courtney, this is, technically I looked, our 423rd show, if you're actually counting episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, missed opportunities for recent 420 jokes. People wanted those. Apologies oh. if, that's your, if that's your interest. But That would have been fun. For us, it's it's 300. And we are excited to be here. And we have a reason for crossing this milestone it will reveal momentarily or in the episode title probably. But in the meantime, Courtney, what does it mean to you to have to have, you know, been part of this this three hundred March? I, I think that it's appropriate that we decided that this is a this is episode three hundred after joking, you know, less than a week ago that we might go until two ninety nine triple Z. Yeah. Um to hold off on it because this whole podcast kind of started as a joke. Like it just NCR definitely yes a little bit yeah. you know like kind of like hey let's just do this like like on a whim and I think that our ethos throughout those four hundred and twenty three episodes has been we like to make the joke we just do the the joke is king so <laughs> this particular joke is actually one I had come up with like maybe more than a month ago when I was first thinking of what should we do episode three hundred I thought of this idea. And and yeah, bear up. But yeah, you're right. Like this this podcast, as much as it is, you know, like pretty much in most English speaking countries, like consistently number two among tennis podcasts behind the tennis podcast. You know, so like we are like established and lots of episodes and lots of great stuff and lots of stuff I'm proud of. It is still at the same time like entirely homemade. Like there's never been anybody who's really helped me or you, you know, in terms of and I've been doing most of it obviously in recent years, in terms of like the editing or producing yep. or social media or whatever. And so it's all still very, very homemade and kind of goofy and, and silly. And, and like, which is what we, I've we, always wanted. <laughs> I know. And so, like, we've never had advertisers, which is partially like a, you know, a sort of stand for independence. Absolutely. But it's also like, if we had advertisers, we'd have to like really get good traffic numbers on like what our downloads are. Yeah. And those are like hard to find for me. And I just, I, I, I don't want to. So. I mean, on, on a lot of my favorite podcasts, like one of my favorite podcasts is, is The Big Picture and, and The Rewatchables, mm-hmm. both Ringer podcasts. And mm-hmm. it always breaks my heart when Sean Fennessy has to read out an ad for Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of like, oh, man, like, I'm just here to tune in to listen to Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins talk about movies and be goofy and curse at each other. I don't. I don't need this 90 second, like, you know, on a Monday night when I'm at home watching my Blu-ray copy of the Criterion Collection release <laughs> of yeah. uh, of Breathless. Um, you know, I just really love my pineapple and ham pizza. They deliver within 30 minutes in a town near. I'm like, no, it makes me sad. So, yes, as, as Ben knows, like I like our I like our rinky dink podcast not to belittle our podcast or to talk it down as you said but i like our rinky dink podcast i like that we can make decisions however we want to make them i like yeah. that and even more importantly i love that the people who love this podcast get this podcast they understand yeah. what it is and what it isn't and they've been along for the ride as well and you know yeah 10 years is a long time man like that's that's a lot of that's a lot of talking about tennis and and (laughs) And other things (laughs) and other things for sure but to thank those people again like we did hit our 300 for 300 goal today past the 300 backers mark uh that was um 
goal. Obviously, I'm not. I, I feel like I've been too aggressive on the whole like please back our show because each just a little footer at the end of each episode, which is easily skippable if folks want. But thank you to everybody who has backed NCR on Patreon. The more than 300 of you now, including some former backers who've also are not longer on the account but backed for several months and then dropped off for whatever reason, also fine. But thank you for those of you who stayed on and who want to get on for patreon.com slash no challenges and rating. Uh, it does help us keep the show going, especially, you know, daily during slams, which is a, is a, is a grind and uh, during a busy time. So that's been uh, especially, I think, I think the fans, I think the listeners, not saying they, they not all like us fans, it's a bit. This a bit is very true. <laughs> but the listeners, I think, hopefully appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it, it's been good to do. I consider our, our Patreon to be like, again, and I've always as Ben knows, conceptualized NCR is is kind of being this this rinky dink indie band that just kind of packs up our gear and shows up and plugs in and plays our gig and you know disappears. But um, that the the Patreon is our our merch table. Mm-hmm. It's you know like at the end of the at the end it's like all right well we're gonna be you know if the we're like the rinky dink opening band of another rinky dink show uh band and being yeah. like okay here's our five song set. And um, afterwards, yeah, if you want, we're just going to be in the corner at the merch table. So, if, you know, just swing on by, say hi. Um, and uh, we got some new shirts, a couple of lapel pins, um, a cool skinny indie tie and yeah. some hoodies. You know, just just come on by. We'd, we'd love to talk to you. That's, that's pretty that's much it. Yeah, Patreon. completely. Yeah, and that's it goes for the podcast. It goes for like, honestly, even like our Twitter. So people just enjoy, you know, following <laughs> either of us on individually on Twitter and those are lucky enough to follow you, Corey, now that you're all locked up once more. Yeah, locked you up, know. but not tweeting. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Getting it all wrong. But... It, took, it, took, it took Courtney 300 quote-unquote episodes to realize, you know what? Maybe I just won't be on Twitter for a slam, but also still lock my account. It's, you know, I can't, as anybody knows who listens to the podcast, my brain is a scramble. It doesn't always make sense, but it comes from a good place. <laughs> and so this episode hopefully comes from a good place as well. A good place of making... References to movies, which we also like. You, you had a whole Sean Fantasy bit there. So let's talk about the great cinematic work that was the original Snyder Cut, in ways, of 300, which is a, a movie that matches our episode title here, 300, famously about Spartans. And we are lucky enough on this tour to have a, a genuine Spartan among us in Maria Sakari, who is, uh, her father is of genuine Spartan ancestry. And she's not just Greek, she's actually legitimately spartan in some ways and she was a winner today at the french open i saw that and i was like hey let's just get sakari if, if she's game to do the podcast you know that, that that can be 300 right there we can we can cut it off at a uh, k not, not 299k was as far <laughs> as we got on the, on this front um so happy to, also happy to have courtney join in because she hasn't joined in for that many of the guests recently but glad that we could all both be there for this uh big red letter red number episode and uh yeah it's a good time Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Maria Sakari winning a match in tr- typical Sakari Spartan, you know, form of, of just match. really digging in. And so, yeah, it just felt like a, a fun time. Everything kind of came together. And, you know, when the podcast gods just kind of lay it all right out right there in front of you, you know, sometimes you just got to kick it in the chest and have it fall down a never ending <laughs> hole. <laughs> that's what this show often is so a, a kick to the chest and a never-ending hole so well, that's what the sport is i think more than the show hopefully and, you know i how people feel about peacock today federer fans are feeling kicked to the chest and never-ending hole about the whole peacock situation i missed that whole moment because i was mm. offline but um i came back and, and it was a, it, a lot of it, anger it was a moment i mean i mean it's also people didn't see it coming i think that's the confusing thing people just assume like oh this tournament's on tennis channel they say they have it all they have it all they don't have it all and they, they also tweet don't that do... they have it all 
and they don't do a great job of telling you of there, there's no again this is a different topic for a different time but i think classic ncr form let's complain about the structure <laughs> of the sport in this in this celebratory moment before we queue up this interview with maria sakari um but where you know if there was a more cohesive thing there'd be like if there was more capital t tennis whatever that was that it would be people would not have to do as much navigating themselves and trying to figure out if their if their version of Roku can even get Peacock Mine cannot learned officially today couldn't find <laughs> it's funny when you search Peacock on my Roku 3500X what do you, you get? get it's not that bad <laughs> could obviously be fairly be uh, raunchy but no it's literally like high def Peacock screensaver of like a picture of a bird that you can use That's as your so screensaver wholesome. it's a That's downloadable so app it's like it's very wholesome but not not remotely better so yeah so I ordered an Apple TV during this match today I was like I, I, you I'm, did I'm, not I'm ordered, wow, I'm ordered this, uh, you're really stepping up. No, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it, because... it's just like it doesn't get the thing doesn't get HBO Max. It doesn't get Peacock. Oh, okay. it, it, it's not it, was it was time Fair for enough. an upgrade. It was time. Fair enough. It was interesting because, yeah, I've been watching most of the tournament on, on Tennis Channel Plus. And again, it, it's just a lot. People will come back. Oh, it's on Tennis Channel. This not this match, but just generally. Oh, watch it on Tennis Channel. And I'm like, but I work from a computer in an office. I don't have a TV and I, I have to stream everything in order to yeah. watch anything. So I'm always the opposite. Like everybody's always demanding things to be on television. And I'm always like, where is it streaming? Because if it's on TV only, like I'm a bit screwed. But anyways, um, so today, like the golf Brady match, genuinely a match that obviously I need to watch for my job, mm -hmm. did not see a point of because it was a scramble for about 30 to 40 minutes of like where is this that was like, on NBC is, you know like i was on with, like, i was know. on tennis channel plus and i was like it, wait i don't see it hold on let me log out and reboot hold on let me you know refresh maybe click around the web it just took a while until finally you know which is everybody's like well it's on nbc and it's like well that's not my default and then i remembered oh it's saturday yeah and so nbc would have the free-to-air coverage I was like, fair enough. But then later when Federer, because I knew that there was a 9 p.m. match, obviously, and I realized that it was Federer very late because um, I was like, oh, I saw the Rafa result and I saw the Novak result. It must be Federer at night. And so right at the start of the match, I went over to NBC, scrolled, didn't see it. Yeah. was like, oh, so it must be back on Tennis Channel uh, Plus. So then I went back to Tennis Channel Plus and I scrolled. And I was like, I don't see it. And then I saw I, I went to Tennis Channel on TV yeah, you know, which is two different things because like TC Plus, you can watch everything except for Tennis Channel, and then to watch Tennis Channel, you have to go onto your cable provider streaming. Right. Yep. So I have to go to I had to go to Xfinity, and and it wasn't there. And at that point, I was like, look, either it's just not on air, in which case weird, or it's probably on Peacock, but I'm not going to sign into a new service and go through two factor authentication once again. <laughs> In order to casually watch a match that I'm not even reporting on or anything. So I just, I genuinely just got tired, like of scrolling and jumping around. And I was like, Ugh, forget it. How hard do people want to make, this is a question for the sport. How hard do you want to make it to follow the sport, right? You just make it, make it really hard to follow the sport sometimes. And obviously Federer, it, a lot of people were talking about, you know, to be dramatic about it, but it's entirely true. Every could possibility last, tonight, this yeah. could have been his last French Open match. Not that in all of the Federer farewells, the French Open is the one we're going to care about that much, really. I mean, Federer French Open, like kind of the least, one of the lesser Federers, kind of the magical mystery tour of Federers, honestly. <laughs> so, like, all that being said, yes, it was uh, it was un unideal. But what is ideal, to get back to our episode, Maria Sakari uh, chatted with us quite a bit after what was a long match again. So thank you to her for her, her time, talking to us for about a, a little under 20 minutes, as it turned out. And she was, I think, happy to. I haven't, I haven't talked to her in, in a while. 
And uh, obviously, you probably have more, I'm sure, during all this time. But uh, it was a good time, and she was a good chat. So here is us with Maria Sockery. Enjoy this episode 300, brought to you by Sparta. Hello, guys. Hello, hey. Maria. Maria, we really wanted to have you on. So Courtney and I have done a podcast for like 10 years now. Oh, wow. And we thought you'd be the perfect guest for today, because today is episode 300 okay. of the show. And what is <laughs> better cool. for 300 than a Spartan? Absolutely. This is Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> so... This was speaking of Sparta. This was a, a battle today versus mm-hmm. versus Elisa, and you really seem to like enjoy the battles like openly more than almost anyone I can think of on tour. Just like you seem to love when it's like a tough physical kind of brawl of a match out there. What do you think it is about you that that loves that kind of competing so so much? I actually feel you know after a tough battle like today, I just feel like so proud of myself, and that gives me a lot of strength for the next match and the next tournaments uh it's it's similar to a match like the match i played against jess in miami that that was an extremely tough match probably one of the toughest matches i've played so um it's just that you know probably it's in my dna as you mentioned Uh, i cannot give i cannot tell you any other reasons why i just I know it sounds crazy, but I like, of course, I like to win, you know, easy matches. But then again, I like to win matches this way because it really gives me a lot of confidence for 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 my future and for everything. Does that sort of confidence or that satisfaction come from like the physical side of being able to last in these matches from the, the mental side, the, the tennis side or, or where does it are all of them or, or how do you explain uh, that sort of feeling? Especially, you know, this, the way that I managed my feelings and my emotions today um, that gave me actually a lot of um, confidence on my game because you know I've seen myself and you've seen me getting angry getting pissed and losing my mind a couple of times so not losing my mind and not losing my momentum was the key I think for today and um, actually yeah that gives me much more confidence than just playing just winning let's say 6-2 but you know um, losing a little bit you know your mind and I don't know how, if you get what I'm saying but mm-hmm. it's just that that was the right way to win that match and if I had lost that way that you know would would hurt but it would be it would have been the right way to you know play that match. Do you feel as though you know that extra you know, fight that you bring to a match when you talk about that that winning a, ma- a match where you're just like totally aggro and you're in there um, gives you confidence. Do you feel like there's a, the pride comes from knowing that this is something extra that you bring to a tennis court? You know, everybody can play tennis on the tour. Yeah. You know, so when it comes to X's and O's, everybody can play. But maybe, I don't know, if I'm in your shoes uh, with your strong shoulders, I'm thinking <laughs> this is something that I bring to the table that you yeah. across the net, you don't bring this. This is what I have. It's something special I have. Um, and that's pride. Yeah, uh, I actually feel like I have something different. And I don't want to sound cocky, but that's my strength. Maybe another player has something else. But of course, you know, my fighting spirit, it's not always there. And that's my complaint uh, on myself. Uh, I wish it was there every time or when it gets to be every single time or most of the times, I think that's when I'm going to, you know, probably achieve what I think I can achieve. But that's what I'm working on. And um, 
because you know sometimes you can distract your mind uh, you have a lot of things coming in your mind you know negative thoughts and stress so i feel like if i can manage that then you know my inner spartan spirit and fighting spirit <laughs> it just just you know suddenly appears and it it's there so it's a strength where i feel like if it's there it's very tough for the opponent to beat me when you find that it's difficult to tap into it, it's uh, it's difficult to unleash the beast, to, mm-hmm. to find that inner Spartan and let it out. Uh, what is it that makes it difficult? You know, it seems like, you know, from the outside looking in, one would think, oh, well, Sakari wants to battle. She, You know, like yeah. the inner demon, or not demon, but the inner Spartan wants to come out. So when it doesn't, why do you think that that is? It's because my focus is, my focus is in the wrong things and it's not in the right place um it's actually it's very common for tennis players you know uh it happens to everyone and you i mean you see uh why rafa is that special why he you know he has done what he has achieved i'm not i'm just saying rafa not i'm not trying to sound like Roger or Novak haven't they haven't done it? Don't worry. That's a good disclaimer because anytime you say one good thing about one of them, everyone thinks it's an insult to the other no, one. So that's, I'm, that's I'm very just, good for you to be careful yeah. there, which is I'm just which is ridiculous. But you know, yeah. you've been on Twitter enough to know how this works. Yeah, I'm just talking about him because we're in his kingdom uh, yeah. right now, so we have to be careful on what we're saying. Uh, so yeah, but that's what makes the difference, and um, you know. Uh, you can have bad days and bad mental days, but if you can reduce them and if you can just uh, limit them, then that gives you the best chance to, you know, to win matches and to to get to the your higher your, your highest level for sure. You were talking in your press conference just before about how your coach Tom, who's been on the podcast before, also he beat you on here. Uh, <laughs> he was how he was encouraging you to take days off before the tournament when you weren't feeling you know, ready to, to practice or just weren't feeling like in the right mindset and that sort of rest helps. And you mentioned, just if you can go back to that, like how important is it to know when to sort of manage yourself as a person or as just in your mind? And this has been a big conversation this week, obviously, in tennis, the mental health side of things. But how yeah. important is that to to treat that and to know that as much as you want to be, you know, a Spartan and be, you know, a warrior, that mm-hmm. it's still really important not to over you know, overfight and, and burn out and, and to try to keep things manageable? You know, how, how do you sort of balance those two those two instincts? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a person that, you know, I enjoy practice. I enjoy being in the gym. Uh, I like that routine, you know, waking up, going to practice and coming back home at night. I just, I know it sounds crazy, but I like it. <laughs> so sometimes Tom has to, you know, stop me and so, he has to tell me that, you know, Maria, now it's time to take some time off. So it's good for your body, it's good for your mind, it's good for everything. And having a person, as I mentioned before, having a person like Tom, and not only him, because we're a team, so it's a team decision most of the times. But, you know, having Tom like this, it's it's super important because up until now, most of my coaches, I'm not going to say all because it wasn't, they were, you know, exactly the opposite. So uh, I'm just very, very grateful to have Tom by my side. And uh, I just, you know, I don't, I don't see myself with another coach anytime soon or anytime. I, I really hope, you know, it can work out well and end up, end my career with him by my side. And he's part of my family right now. He's like a brother to me. So 
um, it's just that, you know, it's very nice to have people like him uh, and I'm very, very lucky to have him. Speaking I think he's also, he's also saying the same thing about me, I hope. Yes, of course, <laughs> no, of course. Tom thinks the world of you, obviously, yeah. and, and it's mutual. And that was one of the things that Ben and I were talking about before when we were kind of preparing for yeah. the interview is, you know, the coaching carousel on, on the WTA tour, it, oh, yeah. it, it is real, you know. It's a circus and it, it and coaches jump around, players lose confidence in the coach, they break up. Sometimes players, especially young players, can be drawn to brand name coaches, you know, the more yeah, famous exactly. coaches and you go and chase Hollywood them. Hollywood coaches. Yeah, Hollywood coaches, precisely. Hollywood you know coaches, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, but so t you know, I've always been really fascinated and very heartened by your partnership with Tom because he didn't have much of a resume when you guys linked up and you were still much lower ranked at the yeah. time as well. What made you go all in with Tom? You're right around the same age and you're making this journey together and it takes a lot of faith in each other to do this together for the long haul. Um, I just, oh, I think someone's playing now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think, just, you know, he actually, it was in Miami 2019, I think, when I was struggling, I was with Mark and with Tom back then, or I just stopped with Mark and he, we just sat down. Um, I was not sure if I wanted to continue just with him or hire someone else. And we sat down, he said, Maria, just give me a chance, trust me. And I think Tom was made uh, he was built to become a tennis coach and uh, he's actually talented on what he's doing, very talented. Mm. The way he sees everything, the way he manages everything is just, you know, very unique. I don't, I've never seen anything like that. So we just trusted each other and, you know, took, how can I say, took the chance, took, you know, took, uh, like just went for it. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know. Went for a winner, so <laughs> close your thing. eyes and swing. Yeah, yeah, close your eyes and just. So that's what we did, and as I mentioned, I'm not thinking of, you know, changing, uh, changing coach. Uh, no, no, no freaking way, no, no. <laughs> I, I was talking to to Vicky once I knew you were, you were coming yeah. here, and she was saying that you have a, a Greek hitting partner. Yes. Now too, and Giannis, yeah. um, Giannis which yeah. uh, there's not very many Greek people on tour, obviously. Yeah. It's just kind of you and Stephanos, and that's it. Yeah. And so I'm wondering how much it, it's nice to have sort of a, a taste maybe of home to, to have with you on tour, if that makes things easier. Because I guess it could be lonely, you know, not getting to speak Greek almost ever. You know, Exactly. Tour. That's one thing, actually, uh, you're spot on, because that's one thing why Tom and I decided not to bring Yanis. I mean, I know Yanis since I'm uh, six. So we started mm, playing wow. tennis together. Awesome. Uh, I know him, I mean... We were playing tennis uh, national tournaments together so of course the main reason is because he has the nicest ball ever <laughs> he plays actually very very good and tom thinks that that would help me a lot uh bringing him in the tournaments but he also i mean he hasn't told me but he told my mom that you know it's very important for maria when she travels that much to have someone that you know she can speak greek and she can have that you know feeling of uh of home and uh it's just, 
it's just that you know I have very and they have actually a very very good relationship the two of them so it's it's a very good team uh, and I'm very lucky because especially now with the bubble if I didn't have them I would like I would freak out big time <laughs> yeah you mentioned your mom and your mom obviously for people who don't know was a top 50 tour player as well and obviously I'm sure that helps you a lot when you're first coming on tour you know she's been there before she can give yeah. you advice but I imagine even still at this point in your career it's still I'm guessing it's useful to have someone who's been through so much of this and knows a lot of what you're feeling in, in your family. I mean, how, how does that, at this stage of your career, what kind of role does her experience play for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, having uh, having my mom in my early, early steps and having her now, it's very important because I have someone at home that, you know, has been there and has done exactly the same thing as me. So... It's just uh, I'm very lucky because there are not many players on tour that had uh, and that have a parent that was a player and actually gives you space at the same time and you know knows when it's time to speak and knows when it's time to give you your own space. So both of my parents are like that, but I'm talking about my mom because she was a tennis player. But I think you know um, the way I was brought up, me and my siblings, this, the way. You know, they always gave us space. Um, it was the most important thing. Sometimes, you know, she's not my mom, my for the former tennis player. Sometimes she's only my mom, which is more important. Did you feel as though, you know, as you're on tour, and it sounds like you've created this very um, safe and comfortable space for yourself, like with Tom, with Giannis, um, you know, you're also, you know, you have friends on tour. You guys have your little crew, uh, yeah. which I know you and Donna and Annette and everyone. But I'm curious about that as well, of, of just... Um, how do friendships form on tour? Like, is it really something as simple as, oh, we just kind of started talking on the bus one day and we became friends or we practiced together and we just liked each other? Like, how do those interactions happen, like behind the scenes, I guess, to where you, you, you find yeah. your group that can help you through all this, you know? Uh, God, I cannot remember how we started hanging out with Donna, to be honest. Uh, I remember how it started with Ayla. We were in the bus in Morocco going to Rabat, from Casablanca to Rabat. Hmm. So we flew together from Istanbul, and then we were in the bus together, and then we just went for lunch straight away. And since then, we were having dinner every night, and that's that's the only uh, friendship I remember how it started. Um, but it's very important, you know, because I think I've told you, like, Courtney, a thousand times that when I stop tennis, I don't want to be like, God, I have no one. Because tennis is my life and it's going to be a big part of my life. And um, I hope I'm not going to stop anytime soon. So um, I just want to have, you know, good memories and people around me that I can hang out after my career. And I'm actually, it's tough when you play them, but it's, it's part of the game. And I'm very, very blessed, you know, to have friends on the tour. Yeah, because because even though you're competitors, you guys have so much in common. You know, you have exactly. this very unique lifestyle. Yeah, there's not many people is. who can relate to what it's like to be, you know, a top 30 WTA player, except for other top 30 WTA players or whatever it, it might be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Question for you, Maria. Uh, just uh, you mentioned in the press conference, Ben referenced it before uh, of taking those five days off um, after Rome, going to a, Gre a beautiful Greek yeah. island and just chilling. As someone who is also in my own type of bubble, like yeah. I can't go be on site with, I'm like going absolutely crazy trying to do okay. my job the way that we have <laughs> yeah. to do it these days. 
it's nuts. But if I were to think like, okay, I get five days by myself, like honestly, I don't know what I would be doing. I'd probably be playing video games. I'd be reading. I don't know. I did, don't I did not go by myself. So. Oh, you didn't go by yourself. Okay. Yeah, no, so you no, had, okay. No. So it wasn't yeah. just like. Okay. No, no, it wasn't just me. Uh, okay. So, but yeah. was it just like, what, what recharges the batteries for you? Tur turning off your phone, you know, having good food. What is it? Yeah, we had very good food, but that that's everywhere in Greece. Uh, I went to the beach and I just chilled. Um, we were staying in a house, so I just chilled a lot in the house. I actually watched some tennis. <laughs> I went, no, men's <laughs> tennis, men's tennis. I watched the final of Rome. But other than that, you know, just slept well. That was it. Nothing exciting. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about not having the alarm go off. Exactly. Like a that, few days of yeah. just, I don't have to. No, exactly. That was one very, very, you know, big thing. Yeah. Yep, that's the savior. Last thing as we wrap up, thank you for all your time here, Maria. I'm wondering, do you at this point in your career, and obviously you're in the second week of a slam, not for the first time, and but still having these these results, like how important is it to you to have, I guess, goals of like things you still want to do? Or how much is it just about putting in, you know, sort of consistent effort and hoping things come when they come? Or how do you sort of balance that sort of mix of uh you know ambition and uh patience and however those yeah. things come it's very tough you know to balance goals and expectations because sometimes i'm like i'm impatient so i i keep on telling tom ah oh, my ranking and my ranking i'm not going up and and especially now that you know points are protected i mean i also have points protected from rabat so you know uh, it's not only about other players but sometimes yeah i'm impatient and I guess, you know, um, sometimes I cannot do it myself. I, sometimes I have to talk to my psychologist. I have to talk to Tom. They have to give me ways of, you know, just getting rid of these thoughts. And But of course I have goals. I believe that I can, you know, uh, achieve big things. And I'm sure about that. It's just that sometimes I have to be more patient. It doesn't matter if... Not all players do it when they're 18, 19, 20. There are players that... They've done it when they're 27, 28, 29, 30, 30 plus. So as long as, you know, uh, it, it comes and I do everything for it, um, then I'll be pleased and very, <laughs> uh, very proud of myself. Well, I am no proud, doubt. but I'll be yeah. more proud. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot to be proud of today with a win like yeah. that, with everything you've been doing and, and you, certainly your work ethic, like you're talking about, is cannot be cannot be denied so and thank you for for bringing your spartan no. energy on here for our, for our big show <laughs> I, I, I'm, I hope you liked it i hope you enjoyed it of course and i hope to see you in person sometime soon we hope so too good. we hope okay. we miss you guys cincinnati fingers crossed i've never yeah. wanted to go to mason more in my life oh yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> all right thank Take you very care, much guys. Maria. have good a good one so thank you to maria thank you to all of us who've been with us for 300 episodes or more or you know 420 something as as the numbers actually check out yeah that's about it Courtney. any anything you want to see for for ncr for the next 300 episodes which will take you know another another 10 years the I face you made was, was, was fantastic. <laughs> no because i i don't know it's a it's a, it's such an interesting thing you know i mean it to look back on where this podcast began and and why it began and where both of us were at when mm -hmm. it began, where we are, you know, 10 years on and where podcasts in general are now compared to where they were, you know, a decade ago. Um, and then where things go forward. I, I really have no idea. 
I still love chatting tennis with you, Benji, as you mm -hmm. know. Likewise. Uh, whether, whether, when, whether the mics are hot or even more so when the mics are not hot. That's the, that's the good stuff right there. Yep. But, you know, I, I appreciate that. That's a little bit what our Patreon shows are like, you know. Yes. Subtext. And, and Patreon shows are like that. And hopefully, I mean, I've thought about it a little bit of just of still trying to figure out what what I can do or what other Patreon type, you know, uh, content can can we can drive I can drive towards, which would be fun. But you we know, still got to do I the dumpling that, show at some point. Yes, we do need to do a dumpling show. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. It who knows, and that's kind of the point. It's like I have no idea what happens every single time that we sign on and I turn my mic on and start recording. I don't know what mm. we're going to start talking about. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what Ben's going to say. It's a wild ride. Sometimes it lands. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes yeah. it's me interrupting Ben in the, you know, after a sleepless, you know, 20 minute rant and being like, what the hell are you talking about? None of that makes sense, which is honestly my favorite moment of, 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 of podcasting in the last year. But yeah, but that's all, that's the fun of it. it it's kind of, it's it's a rodeo. You get on the bull and, and you hold on and you see where it goes. But it's always fun. It's always entertaining to me. It's, it's so always it's, it's always a rodeo. It's always and there's always bull. So there you go. That's that's pretty lots much bull. both 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 from uh, from our side and lots of bull to talk about. You know, <laughs> we give the nonsense and the nonsense gives to us. Yeah. So on that sense, thank you very much for for giving us all your support for our nonsense to keep going all this time. Um, our Patreon backers again. We mentioned hit the three hundred for three hundred goal before this so that was very exciting so i didn't feel like i was copping out of that by doing the sparta thing so thank you also to our patreon backers who are new since last episode as usual a bunch of them to get us over the 300 I include rachel e eric perry michael beady hello michael beady we know hey him. mikey debbie nolan uh emily staracina changed her pledge uh susan parolo and michael jason lewis so thank you to all of them and austin burns one more too so Bumper crop day for NCR Love and it. our our slam champ backers. We thank every episode: Susanna W, Sean Mulroy, Mary Carillo, Leah Williams, Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Jean Simeon, James Hindle, Audrey Wellens, Antonio Maycumber, Anna Valinder, and Timothy Liu, and our goat backers: Mike, Nicole Copeland, Pam Shriver, and J O D. We will see you guys later on episode. We didn't figure what to call the next episode too. Is it three hundred A? Is three hundred one? The the conundrum we give. Wasn't there a sequel to three hundred? Wasn't it three hundred one? Oh, there is a sequel to 300, but it's or no. Or 600 or 500 or I was 400? looking this up today. Before we did the episode, I was like reviewing the plot of 300 in my mind because I thought maybe she'd be really on top of it. Um, and I was like, I would be like, oh, yes, of course, when that scene happens and Leonidas does this. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, there is a sequel, but it's not called that. It's called, let me look, actually. Just time well spent here. Hold on. Good radio. This is just good audio right now. <laughs> this is what this is what a decade of podcasting has taught us, guys. Definitely Google things while you're on air in dead silence. Yeah. Oh, the the sequel is called Three Hundred Rise of an Empire. Oh, okay. A little bit of an auspicious name for our next episode I, for day eight of the French Open. It's but a bit you know, much, actually. <laughs> I mean, Rise of an Empire, like maybe if like Sinner beats Nadal or something. But, you know, I think it'd have to be something along those lines for that to happen. It'd be Rise of an Empire. Anyhow. Bye, guys. Thanks bye again. Bye. Thanks. Three, we thank you 300 times. This was Sparta. So stupid. That's what I bring to it.
Spot! <laughs>